Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi, everybody. Hello, folks, and welcome to Zompocalypse Now. My name is Timothy Harvey. And I'm Dustin. You know, I've been thinking about this. You always introduce yourself as Timothy Harvey or Tim Harvey. And I always say, and I'm Dustin. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've become iconic, like Cher or Madonna. I'm just Dustin. You have two names, but I don't need two names. See, now I have in my head an image of you in that big feather Cher costume, the one with the, that, that big headdress thing. Oh, that's that's when you think of share. That's the classic share that you think of. Well, it's just that's that's that one that I'll, I'm I'm you know I'm 49, so that I'm, I was there when it was new, right? The so that Mackie, I remember yeah. when it was a big deal. Um, right. I the one I always think of my classic share is the big hair, the leather mesh thing, and the and the uh, leather jacket, the Turn Back Time video share. Sure, sure right, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so your your job between this week and next week is to get your hand on those share costumes, and well, that'll be our next promotional uh, uh, photo shoot. Oh, will be me as share? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Either that, or go with the nineteen eighties uh, Material Girl Madonna, because oh, right. the Have current you seen her new her new Madam X music video is actually really really good i have not seen it yet no i mean you know it's just worth mentioning so uh the fear of the walking dead yes so this week my mother decided that she needed to have a conversation with me while fear the walking dead was on so she and i talked while it was muted in the background over her shoulder i'm not an idiot and uh and so I didn't get to watch it. And I texted. I didn't need to hear it, but I watched it. And I texted you, and I said, hey, can you get this for me so I can watch it? Right. Um, and uh, so then we texted about when we were going to do the recording and all that stuff. And uh, I realized, as I, and I was like, I watched it. It's fine. I watched it and whatever. Um, I, you know, when I realized that I didn't actually watch it with sound, that I have not watched the episode with sound. You still have not watched the episode with sound. You want to know when I realized it? Oh, because when did you realize brain, it? I realized it two hours ago. <laughs> I had it in my brain that I had watched the whole episode and everything was fine. <laughs> no, I watched the episode. I saw all the pictures. I saw all the moving. I didn't see none of the talkies. I didn't hear none of the talkies. So tonight is going to be a very special episode of Zumpocalypse Now, where I get to tell you what I think happened. (laughs) What I think was going on. And you get to confirm or deny Oh, God. Uh, Excellent. Sure, why not? Okay. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> so, 
Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes life is weird. <laughs> it just is, Tim. Uh okay. So um so what do you think happened this episode? <laughs> what, you can't, what you can't see because we're radio instead of television, I'm looking at Tim on my monitor, is Tim has lifted his glasses slightly and pinched the bridge of his nose and just is like, oh, I've partnered with an idiot. I've spent, I've spent 12 years of my life in a creative partnership with a moron. <laughs> He's regretting every decision. He's regretting talking to me for the very first time in an IFC meeting 15 uh, years ago. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you think happened this week Dustin <laughs> okay so so Daniel has somehow trained a cat mm-hmm. yes and, and this is very like this speaks to Daniel's magical powers his immortality he, may, he must be a demigod because he has somehow trained a cat to do his bidding and said bidding is that the cat with a bell on like hops around in front of windows that zombies or walkers are in a building and the cat jumps around and gets the walker's attention while Daniel sets up a, a thing that kills the walkers inside like a machine gun on a, on a dolly or something. And so then, once he does this, the cat, like, scampers away, and the, the walkers trigger the trap, and they shoot all themselves, and then he goes in and takes all the shit out. Right? No. So what, no. Happens, so what happens is, is that Daniel is going around the city, uh, or at least the, sorry, I think, I think more the area than just the city, and he is disarming these booby-trapped locations that he's discovered over time uh, because someone has come along and set up these traps where whether or not whether or not the we don't know if the walkers were inside the buildings when the trap was set or they're just people who died or we we don't know what the context is initially right so we, we know that basically what he's doing is he's trying to find a way to trigger the traps uh, without getting killed to get the stuff. He's got, oh. this, he's got this map of the locations. And so he's been going around. And so when we first see them, when you see that the lady in the, you see the parking lot of the, of the store there and yeah, Skidmark, the extremely well-trained cat uh, and as a cat owner and my cats have been able to do some pretty impressive tricks over the years. But no, I mean, he's just like, if, if The Walking Dead ever ends and we just watch Daniel walk on water off into the <laughs> distance, it'll, it'll fit in the, in the mystery of Daniel quite well. So when he goes up there and triggers this, he's, he's disarming it because uh, someone has gone along and wherever these caches of supplies are, they're basically being protected by these machine gun uh, rigged up uh, booby traps. Ah. And so we learn in the course of the episode that the person who did that is the person who originally had the warehouse with all this stuff. Because oh. Daniel's not the one who put it all together. He's been adding to it. 
But the person who originally set all this up basically was hoarding all this stuff and wasn't sharing it with anyone. He wasn't helping anyone with it. He was just accumulating. Ah. And Daniel came along and decided this was a terrible idea. And so now it's all Daniel's stuff. And Daniel intends to help people with it. Oh, you know? how interesting. Yes. Just not Strand because, you know. He hates Strand. He hates Strand. And so, so Strand somehow makes it back to to Sarah, and and Charlie and all of them, and they decide they're going to pull a heist. And so, uh-huh. Charlie goes into the warehouse uh, to to like look for the keys to the plane and drive it out, I guess. And uh, and like Strand's telling her how to get to certain places and stuff because he was been there for a whole five and a half seconds. <laughs> And and then uh, Daniel comes along and and uh, Charlie hides like any teenager who doesn't under, or any child who doesn't understand how life works in the back of Daniel's car, uh, and of course he finds her immediately, and uh, and he drives her off to get ice cream. Everything up until the finds her immediately and gets ice cream is exactly the case. Oh, uh, it is in fact. The, uh, the plan of Strand and Company to have Charlie, because, of course, Charlie is an expert, breaking, expert at breaking and entering, of course, in her previous right. life as being a, uh, essentially a mole for bad people. And so she's going to sneak into the warehouse, and she's going to find the keys, and she's going to open the gates so they can get in and take the, L, uh, take the plane when Daniel leaves. Now, there's no reason to think that they have any idea how long Daniel's going to be gone because right. they have no way of knowing that, but they're pretty sure that it's going to be gone. Or when he's going to leave or yeah. anything like that. Like So immediately when Charlie's sneaking in is when he comes out. Um, and, you know, the idea was that they were going to wait for him to leave. So it's not like, you know, completely random that he's coming out when, when they're there. They're waiting for him to come out after all. But at the same time, yeah, she immediately hops into the worst hiding place in the history of bad hiding places, and Daniel drives away. And so they sneak into the warehouse. Right. So so Sarah and uh, I can't remember what her brother's name is. And I, Wendell. I, Wendell. And Strand go into the warehouse, and they discover that Daniel has uh, taken some of the instruments from the plane. Right, and this is a part that you're going to feel really bad you missed out on because because oh, yeah. uh, that the terminology for those instruments is called the six pack, and uh, so he comes he he jump, hops out of the plane and and looks at Sarah and Wendell and goes where's the six pack, and she's like you know, well maybe a twelve pack and you know gestures down, uh, you know and it's a little you know, it's clearly a joke about you know not having a six pack it was it was. Mm-hmm. Very, very funny. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh. it was a bad joke, and it did, but it actually works. And they're like, we don't know. And so he calls Daniel on the radio. Come on, Daniel. And literally, That's it's like... The thing. You, no where? fooling now, Daniel. And, and Daniel's like, where do you... He goes, well, first of all, Strand, to send a child to do your dirty work... And that's when they realize that he knows that she's there. And she's still in the back seat, pretending, you know, hiding. And she didn't, you know, and finally he's like, 
you know, just come out. She's like, oh, curses, I've been caught uh, in, my, in my very good hiding place. And, <laughs> and then she pulls, you know, he goes, where's the six-pack? And, you know, Daniel has her pull out this bag, and inside are the instruments. Because, of course, Daniel took them with him, because he knows who Strand is. And he right. knows, I mean, it's like, I thought Strand was supposed to be smart. Right. You know, it's it's dumb people is what we've got. Yeah. So it's just like, well, get, you know, we, we need them, Daniel. And Daniel's like, you know, Strand, have I mentioned you're an asshole? And Strand's like, yes, yes, I know. And he goes, no, no, really. Have I mentioned you're a terrible, terrible person? And I do not care for you at all. And Strand's like, fine. Curious thing here happens with time, of course. Mm-hmm. Because when they're sneaking into the warehouse, it's dark. Right. But when the phone call happens between, you know, or the, the radio call happens between Strand and Daniel, it's light again. Right. And, of course, one has to wonder, how long have they been driving? How far have they been driving? Did Charlie really think Daniel was so oblivious to not realize that there was a person right behind him in the car this entire time? It's like, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. So they end up going to another location, one of these caches, and this is where Daniel explains to Charlie that he didn't set these traps. Oh. that he's the one, he's disarming them to take the stuff, and that the reason that the warehouse is there, you know, why he's, he's got the warehouse, is that he wants to help people with the stuff that's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody but Strand. And by the way, I'm going to save you from Strand, because trust me, kid, he's bad news. Stick with me, I'll make sure you're okay. And Charlie's like, you have no idea who you're talking to. <laughs> exactly. I have this feeling that's exactly like she's like dude i am like a monster i killed people <laughs> she doesn't say this stuff but the look on her face is kind of like she wants to and there's this instant connection between her and daniel and i mm. think part of it is and i, I kind of hope that we'll see more of this um is this sort of connection between two people who have done terrible things and want to be something better and and unlike Strand, who is a grown human being and right. close enough in age to Daniel, to, for Daniel to distrust him on sight, Charlie's a child, and right. Daniel's an old man. And so the two of them kind of like are almost having this like bonding thing, which felt, I was surprised how natural it felt to me, that these two could almost have this like instant connection. Um. So they go on to the next location with the next trap. It does not go well. Yeah, I saw like like Charlie was doing the thing, and then the the window gets shattered, and or the right. gun goes off. The window gets shattered, and and they have to like lead the walkers away. Right, and the idea is is that they're going because because Daniel doesn't want this herd of walkers to be a danger to anyone else. Mm-hmm. So they're going to, and this is another thing. This is another problem I had with the episode. They're going to lead them back to his warehouse. And I kept thinking, how far away are you? There is no sense of time or scale to where they are versus the warehouse. Right. And I, I, when they were starting to lead them away, I was like, how many walkers are in this group that they have to lead them away? Why can't they just kill them? 
Well, I think they were also the 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 number of walkers was growing because of the the sound of the gunfire and the broken glass and all that. It drew it drew the attention. Uh. So they're going to lead them back to the warehouse where they can. You know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't have enough firepower to take all them all of them out. So he's going to lead them back where he does, and this becomes a problem because he calls. Yeah, the other guys have taken the gate down to get the plane out. Okay, and let's talk about that for just a second. Because the airplane did not miraculously appear inside the warehouse. They got, somebody got it in somewhere, which means right. there's a gate. And you know how gates have things like locks on them? Mm-hmm. You know what warehouses that are full of stuff generally have? Gates and locks. Bolt cutters. Oh. So they basically break the wall of this compound so that the riders can have a threat by zombie moment. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so dumb. I was just like, really? Really? Okay, whatever. So Daniel's like, oh, you're a bunch of morons. Fine. He looks at Charlie and says, hey, can you drive? And she's like, kinda. And he doesn't tell her where the warehouse is from there, by the way. Because she's been, you know, hiding in the back of the car with a blanket on her head the entire time. She knows the way home. Right. And so he sets off with his, with his little cassette player. They, they also had a bonding moment over music. Oh. You know, he starts leading the walkers away. And she drives on to the warehouse. He goes, "Take go. Here's the six-pack. Take it to Strand. Help your friends. Watch out for Strand. He's an asshole. Um, you know, have a good <laughs> life. Like, You're cute. Yeah. <laughs> You're cute that you think that Strand is as bad. Like, oh, Strand manipulates people for what he wants? Oh, really? I'll really watch out. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> so she drives back to the warehouse. As they're walking, as, as Daniel's walking along, uh, Strand calls him and says, you know, Daniel, you, if you're trying to prove a point, stop. You know, yeah. this is this is no way to do it. Yes, yes, I was a bad. You know, I'm sorry what happened, and, and I'm sorry about Ophelia. And and Daniel's like, Strand, do these people even know who you are? Do you do they know? You know why I hate you so much? I don't hate you because of the damn bridge. I don't care that you blew up the you know the that part doesn't bother me. It's the fact that you kept me from my daughter before I had a chance to say goodbye and to tell her how I felt and he kind of forces Strand to be the one to confess this. He kind of has to, he basically says, you know, Strand is the one who's telling them that, you know, because of, because he lied to Daniel about knowing where Ophelia was. And so he makes Strand admit this. And everyone's just kind of looking at Strand, like going, we were aware you're a dick. I, you know, this is not shocking news to any of them. None of them. None of them are like looking at Strand with like you monster. They're more like, eh, that's too bad. It was a bad thing to do. Don't do it again, Strand. And you know he tell he tells them you can have the warehouse. Just help people with it. And they're looking at each other. And Charlie's like, aren't we supposed to help people? We're supposed to help people, right? And they're like, yeah. And he's, he she goes, well, shouldn't we help Daniel? I mean, he's he's right there. Yeah. If we're supposed to be here to help people. Let's help him. And then, and then, yeah. So this is the part I want to hear what you thought happened. Is it, uh... So Daniel's walking along down the highway, and he's he's slowing down a little bit. You know, he's he's clearly tired. And then Strand calls. 
Right, and I know they talked. Daniel, I, I we're don't don't really want to argue with you on anything, but I need you to be, you know, I need you to be ready. Uh, and Daniel's like, ready for what? And then over the hill comes... Oh, comes the thing, and yeah, yeah. And, and Sarah's driving, and she pulls up, and they shoot all the guys, and yeah, I saw that part. Except they don't shoot all the guys, because they open up the... You know, they said, oh, the SWAT van, uh, the, the SWAT van pulls over and they're ready to do it. And, and Wendell is like super psyched to fire the machine guns. And he it throws it open and pulls the trigger and, or he rank, yanks that lever and nothing happens. And oh. Daniel's like running toward it and he yanks it again and nothing happens. And Daniel's like, can I come, can I come inside the armored vehicle, please? So he, he ends up scurrying underneath the, the carrier. And so he's trapped underneath and then, or the, the, the flatbed with the plane on it comes over the hill. So strand hops out and, you know, yells at the zombies, distracts them from Daniel and Daniel scurries to safety. And then strand realizes that he's got this Walker herd coming at him. And then he hops in the plane and purees all the zombies with oh, the, must have missed this part. the propeller blades of the plane. And it's it's just you're watching like zombies walk right into the blades. It's like <laughs> again and again and again until it basically blows the engines because of course, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Kill engines and propeller blades with zombie goo. So he basically wrecks the plane to save Daniel. So now what are we going to do, Timothy? Well, oh, we didn't talk about about uh, Alicia and and uh, Morgan and the army of uh, an army of children. That's right. Well, we, we're not quite done. We're not quite done with Strand and Daniel and company. And they go back to the warehouse. And Daniel is like, "Okay, Strand, you know, I, I'm I'm willing to accept you. You're trying to change, uh, but I can't." I can't go with you right. I can't be part of this right now. I have some things I have to take care of before I can do anything. And so he asks Charlie to take, take care of the cat. And he's been pulling, he's been pulling the, uh, to, uh, a number a day calendar. And he's, oh. been pulling, he's been pulling those off and burning them at a couple of points during the episode um, to indicate that there's a day passing. And Charlie asks him what he would have said to Ophelia if he could have, you know, had that last time to really, really talk to her. He basically is telling her that, you know, tomorrow can be a better day. That there's always, you know, you can, you know, if tomorrow is another opportunity to change, to be better, right. to be, to be more. And he tells Charlie that as well. And he goes, okay, he goes, so I got to take care of these things and the warehouse is yours. Do good things with it. And I'll see you guys later. And so Daniel's gone. For now. For now. He will return. Of course he will. He'll come back. He'll come back with, you know, just a ton of weird stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So um, while in this episode, even though we just got Dwight introduced last episode, um, we do not have Dwight. We do not have uh, John Dory or June. Right. They're they're off. They're off uh, doing something. It's more. It's Morgan and Alicia. 
have an have an adventure. Oh, uh, we did. Oh, oh, um. So so uh, Lucia and the the curly haired moppet from mm-hmm. the other the, from the children. They spend the entire episode playing with connects in the front yard of the of the truck stop. So they're trying to reset the radio tower, which was oh. locked down, and. And, having, and eventually, the just uh, the just perfect sweetness that is Lucia convinces the kid to tell them it's all a trap. Right. Well, she actually uh, Luciana actually um, semi bribes him with the little prince. That book gets a lot of traction in this show. It does, and I thought it was a nice moment that they didn't really talk about. He can't read it. Well, think about the world they live in. Oh. Yeah, and he's, you know... He's young enough that there's a... I mean, it, certainly I'm sure that his parents probably tried to teach him to read or taught him a little bit. But The Little Prince actually has some fairly big concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he doesn't quite understand... Gosh, that book. I, I mean, that book was one of the very first, like, okay, I'm just going to curl up in this ball and cry. <laughs> and then the Netflix Little Prince... Mm-hmm animated one that they made a couple of years ago. I watched that right, like right after my grandmother died. Mm -hmm. And I just, I couldn't even handle it. I was just, I, I was just, I mean, wow. Yeah. Anyway, I I love that they're using it as a, as a through line in this. uh, Yeah. And she talks about, she talks about how it, it, it was, she gave it to someone once. And how this book matters and things like that. And so this is what triggers his realization that perhaps these are good people. Mm-hmm. Because meanwhile, off in the woods, Morgan and uh, Alicia are... Trying to find his sister and his brother. Right. Well, they're looking, they're looking for... They're still looking for Al. And we see that the, the brother and sister have discovered that someone has been untying their zombie barricades. Their, you know, their, the way they've been blocking the roads with zombies tied to posts. Someone's been untying them. And then they hear a noise and see that there's one of these, one of these armor-clad people down the, down the road. Oh. And so they hide and when the littlest Moppet calls them on the radio, then the armored person, or the person in armor hears it. And so they're hiding from that and turn off the radio. Well, this, 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 and the fact that, you know, um, Luciana is obviously a very nice person makes the littlest Moppet go, please save my brother and sister. We're sorry. We lied. They're alive. Bad things didn't happen. We were just trying to figure out, you know, what you guys were up to. Please save my brother and sister. So Morgan and Alicia go to save um, the brother and the sister. And that's when they find the army. The army of children. So on one hand, A, I am pleased that these are not, we did not have a family of three evil Moppet children who could not do the things we've seen them do. 
Right. But on the other hand, didn't we already do an uh, army of evil children on the flagship show? I mean, just do it. I mean, like, just do it. Uh, Like, that that was Michonne's, uh, this is why I've become Donald Trump backstory. Right, exactly. And it's, it's, it would have been really bad if that's what we had. So it turns out these are a bunch of kids who are the children of the camp where everybody died because of the radioactive zombies. Now, we do not have an explanation how all the children survived. I'm sure there is one. I'm sure we will get it. I hope so, because otherwise it's, why are all these children still alive? And goodness, they're well-armed. And goodness, they're well-trained. They're all dying of radiation poisoning, just Maybe? like Grace. That would be... That would, that, yeah. Oh my gosh, I would laugh so hard. You will not have seen me laugh so hard at a child dying <laughs> uh, since Sleepy Hollow. Since <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about the Army of Children, but at least there's a semi-reason, there's an explanation that, that makes sense so far. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, and so they have this whole tense standoff moment where the youngest Moppet sits there and radios them and says, they're okay, please trust them, they're good people, they're not here to hurt us. And older sister and second oldest Moppet uh, agree that it, it's okay to give them a chance. And they're like, look, we're just looking for our friend. We don't want to cause you any trouble, we're just looking for Al. And they go, well, we think we might know where she has gone. And so they take her, they take, uh, the, the Moppets take them towards the camp where these armored people were. Hmm. And on their way, the helicopter takes off and flies yeah. over them. And Alicia asks the dumbest question in the history of dumb questions, at least as far as this week. Uh, because she looks at it and she says, what is that? (laughs) No, she doesn't. She does. I remember the helicopter and they all like scattered and fell on the ground. Right. She looks up and she's like, what is, you know, I think she says, what the hell is that? And to which my response was, that's a helicopter. You used to live in LA. You know how these things work. You've seen one before. before. So, I mean, it's, and you know, I can. I, I, I. Part of me is kind of like, you know, where'd that come from? You know, Syria. There are still helicopters. Work something. Not what the hell is that? I'm like, uh-huh. it's obvious what it is. It's just, I mean, it's such a dumb question. So it flies away, and the kids like, maybe they got what they came here for, and maybe they have Al and they took her away, like Rick got taken away. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking as I was like, oh, there's a helicopter. Maybe it's maybe it's the same the the Rick people because it's you know, it's around the same, you know, yeah. It's around the same time maybe. period, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's um that's kind of where we leave it. Now there was a preview. Yeah, the, next week is Al's story. Right, and there's a there's a pretty heavy indication that Al ends up in the armor, in, in wearing a suit of the armor, and I have to wonder if Al was not the person they saw on the road, the kids saw on the road. Hmm. 
So I, I have a funny feeling that that we're not. I I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. I don't. Not sure why. I don't kind of. I think Al is not on the helicopter. But I kind of think Al is not on the helicopter, or Al is piloting the helicopter. Oh, because of course she would know how to do that. Of course, she's Al. So yeah, that was the episode. And um, oh, thanks for story time, Tim. Hey, you're welcome. I'm happy to help. <laughs> Um, it was, and overall, it was a, it was a pretty good episode. It, like I said, it had some, it had some dumb moments. Like I said, the whole, you know, what the hell is that? And, um, I mean, it really was them breaking down the wall to Daniel's compound. Was I was like, how stupid do you people have to be? Well, they don't need, and of course, you know that the gate's going to be completely back up by next episode. Well, yeah. Well, and in every, you know, it's. There were some curious decisions made throughout the course of the episode. You know, Charlie getting into the car, um, Strand and company thinking that Daniel, Daniel wouldn't realize there was someone in the car with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, it, but there's some interesting, you know, the, the, the fact that they, I was concerned that we would have this whole thing where, you know, how did Daniel get all this stuff and how has he been a kid? And, and he basically, you know, he's got it because the, the guy who had it, who had hoarded all this stuff, wasn't going to use it. And so Daniel said, that's a dumb thing. People need to be helped. And I like the fact that so Daniel... So Daniel, like, knew the guy? and I think Daniel killed the guy. Oh. Um, oh. That, that makes sense. But I, I think, you know, it... We, I think we've had issues with Daniel, especially in the early days of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like what this, Dan, this version of Daniel has become. Uh, I think that, you know, he's still ruthless. He's still extremely dangerous. But he's also someone who, um, especially, like I said, I really, liked, I really liked his relationship with Charlie. And yeah. It felt very natural. You know, somebody who wants to... He, he, we got, we've seen this before. Daniel wishes he was a better man. He right. wishes he hadn't, he hadn't been a monster. He doesn't necessarily think he shouldn't have been a monster. He just wishes he hadn't had to be one. Yeah, he doesn't regret his actions. He just regrets that he had to take them. Right. So I, I like that. And, and I was a little annoyed that we just got this back in this relationship with Charlie showing up. And he's like, all right, guys, I got to go do this thing. He doesn't say what the thing is. It's like, all right, I'll be, I'll be back. See you later. It's like, where are you going? So um, I did see that the, the break in between the two parts of the season, you know, usually it's been like, you know, a th- two-month break. Yeah. Three, three months break. It's only going to be three weeks. Oh, nice. So we're not going to have to wait uh, a very long time in between well, it would have been pretty pretty solid episodes. I mean, this episode, this was not the strongest episode overall, but everything Daniel was in was great. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm very interested to see Al's what's been happening to Al because I have this feeling from what I saw the preview is that it's uh, it's going to be a very like uh, like this is all the things that have happened to Al since she's been gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I said, I'm I, I'm. If if it turns out that she's the one flying the helicopter, I will not be surprised. Yeah, I don't think I'll be surprised either. <laughs> All right. 
Well, um, you were not entirely wrong just by watching it without sound. I mean, you know, you followed more or less followed along. Some yeah. of the details weren't there, but don't do it again. I, I won't. <laughs> you talk so much this episode. I, I feel. I, I feel know. like. I feel like uh, I, I just kind of sat there and went, uh huh. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> I know. I, it's, and you're funnier than I am, so it's always better when you talk more. Um, oh, well. So. Well, let me do the outro then. You know. Okay, sure. That. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks, everybody, for listening, and, and we hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, would you please subscribe? You can find us on podcast.com and all the other places that you find podcasts. And, uh, and you know, we're on Twitter, rarely, but you can follow uh, both Tim and I on our personal Twitters, which can sometimes be problematic. I think I called Tucker Carlson a dickhole today. In fact, I know I called Tucker Carlson a dickhole today. I tweeted it. And uh, so look for us on the, your plob class place. And... Uh, and also on iTunes. If you re- if you get us on iTunes, make sure that you leave us a comment. And we hope that you comment and like and subscribe and, and write our names and across the stars in blood. Uh, and so until next time, for Tim Harvey, I'm Dustin. And this has been Zontokalix now. Did that work? Did I do it right? It was very much like you watching the episode without sound. Everything Dustin said except A podcast.com B we're also on Facebook so you can follow us there as well C um, I guess I apparently iTunes if you you can get some data from iTunes now but how clear it is it's not I'm not sure and uh, whatever letter I whatever letter I'm on thank you folks for listening we'll see you next week for for tip tell dozen of story time <laughs> it also is on Blockalix now I think I'm going to call it that from now on. (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. Zompocalypse Now is produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Production. All rights reserved.